You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. All right. Stand with me, if you will, please, and turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. Let's look at verses 14, 15, and 16. Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 14, 15, and 16. Well, we'll take our text at tonight. Again, I'm going to recap just a little bit on where we were at at camp, and I'm going to talk to these kids and and uh, see how much they retained, how much they remembered. And I hope you remembered it all, Leighton. Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 14. If you don't have your Bible, you can follow along with us in the screen. The Bible says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as, we, like as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And i got to read that last part again. And find grace to help in my time of need. Anybody needed some help? I want to minister to you for just a moment, grace to help. Would you bow your head and will it help me pray? Father, we love you tonight, and we thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and love, and we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity again to be able to stand here, God, before your young people, God, and before your people, Lord, and to minister your already anointed word. I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would move upon the hearts of every individual here, every family, and do a work that I cannot do. Open our ears to hear, our hearts, God, to receive, and anoint my lips to deliver. And I'll be very careful to give you all of the praise, all of the glory, and all of the honor in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody says, Amen. Now, I'm assuming everybody wore their bracelet tonight. Got a couple of bracelets. We give them out a bracelet at camp, and I, um, to, to remind them everything that we ministered about, everything that we preached, everything that we taught. The first thing that we talked about was joining up in the army of God and becoming a believer. And it's very important, though, some says, well, that's simple. Uh, the church has made it complicated because much of the church has put more on becoming a member of the church than it is to, or made it harder to come into the church than it is to be a member of the true church of Jesus Christ, to be in the body of Christ. And I made it very plain and made it very simple. And kids, I want you to listen to me and understand that however long that you live, you need to know that the Bible teaches from Genesis all the way to Revelation, there's one common denominator, and that is faith in the sacrifice. There's a reason that in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul took us all the way back to Abraham as our example. And he said, Abraham believed the Lord, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. In other words, that when Abraham believed God, that that was all of a sudden and righteousness was given to him. And righteousness means what, Lane? A right standing with God. We're now in a right standing with God. You don't want to be in a wrong standing when it comes 
to the Lord. Amen? But we want to be in a right standing. And the reason that we, uh, or the way that we become in a right standing with God is that we place our faith in Jesus and what he did for us on the cross of Calvary. Much of the church teaches and preaches other things, but it's by simple faith from the heart. Not just the head knowledge, but faith from the heart. Water baptism, that doesn't put you in a right standing. Church membership doesn't put you in a right standing. Your last name, your mama's, and your daddy's experience with the Lord, that don't put you in a right standing with God. Listen to me because most of you are under are already at the age of accountability and I want you to know that when you stand before Jesus and you want to hear well done, the way that that's going to happen that you know for sure is that you place your faith in Jesus and what he did for you on the cross of Calvary. There's one way. There's one door. There's one salvation. There's one baptism, Romans 6, and there's one spirit. And that is through Jesus Christ, and you got to get that. So we've joined up with the army of God to make it through this life and to receive the great reward of eternal life when we pass from this life. That's what we want, amen? That's what everybody wants. And then we jump because we only had three nights. We jump to the first thing that I begin to elaborate on and give you an example of. And what was that, Layton? Listen. It was listen. we got to listen. we got to listen to the voice of of the Holy Spirit. That was vital. We had to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit because He's the one going to lead us, guide us, and direct us. I need that handkerchief. He's going to lead us, guide us, and direct us into everything we did. Now, I want to give you this picture because I want it to be a visual for you and for also for your parents to know kind of what we did and what we learned, but we got to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Kay, do you want to help me again? we got to listen to his voice. And so uh, we understand that in order to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, that we can't be dependent upon our own senses and we can't be dependent upon our own sight and we can't be dependent upon our own ears. It's not a fleshly thing. It's a spiritual thing. The reason I blindfolded him and didn't cover his ears is because we walk by faith and not by sight. And we have to do that by listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is the visual we got. This is what you got to understand. Listen, kids. Listen, young people. Listen, moms and dads. When it comes to following the Lord, you cannot depend on what you see in the natural or what you hear in the natural. If you follow what you hear in the natural, most likely you're going to go a wrong way. Because when you're in the middle of a situation or you're in the middle of trouble, everybody around you knows exactly what you need to do. They know exactly what you need to Let me say it like this. They know exactly what you need to do, but truth is they don't have a clue what you need to do. And so what I have to do is I have to shut everything off and I have to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. What happens if I listen wrong, Xander? I go down the wrong path. If I listen to the wrong voice, if I listen to the wrong uh, influence, and I will find myself going down the wrong path. So I have to listen to the voice of of the Holy Spirit. Is that hard if I take that off like that? No, you're tough. Thank you. I have to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listen, that's, the, that's number one. Listen, listen, listen. I know I say daily, 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 but you got to listen, listen, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit or you're going to find yourself going down the wrong path. We're talking about living for God. We joined up. Now the next thing I got to do is I've got to learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Night number two. Tuesday night we got there. What I talk about, Jake? Standing. We brought old Jordan up and we got a Jordan in front of you. And what did we put on him, Sebastian? 
The full armor of God. We had the full armor of God all over him. We had the breastplate of righteousness. We had the uh, helmet of salvation. We had his loins girt about with truth. We had his uh, feet shot about with the gospel of peace. And then what, what do we have in his hand, Kadem? We had the, nope. Sword of the Spirit, which is what, TJ? The Bible or the Word of God. That's what we had in his hand. We had him all decked out. In that scripture there, around verse number 13, it says, above all, we got to do something above all. Kirstie, what was that? She needs to go back to night number one. Listen. <laughs> above all, Abby. Above all, Morgan. Above all, Lily. Huh? No, above all, somebody. Above all, somebody. Faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith. You remember that now? Above all, taking the shield. Let me help you here. Come here, Will. Above all, taking the shield of faith. And when we looked at that word shield, it actually gave us a picture in the Strongs. And what is that picture that we've seen there, Piper? The shield is actually a, a door. Very good. It was a door. That's what the word shield means, literally a door. It was not a little round shield that you tried to block with because you're not going to block much there. But if, you, if I pull that door off them hinges right there, it's going to be hard for you to hit me. And so the door is, is what the Strong's tells us. The shield of faith is a door of faith. Who's the door, Reagan? Jesus is the door. So literally, I put on the whole armor of God. I've got my helmet on. I've got my breastplate on. I've got my loins girt about. I've got the, uh, the, the spirit, the sword of the spirit. I've got my feet shot about. And then he says, above all, take on the shield of faith, which is Jesus, so that you may be able to stand against the fiery darts of the devil. Because if Jesus is before you, who can be against you? Amen. So we got this picture. Everybody remember this picture. We're standing now. I'm still recapping. Thank you, but stay with me. We got uh, the, the shield of faith. Above all, taking uh, the shield of faith. You can sit right up here. They don't mind. They took a shower and everything. They're good to go. We took on the shield of faith. So now we're at night number one. What was it, Kersey? Listen, night number two. We got to stand. When we get behind the door and we've done everything that we can do, then we stand there and we wait on the voice of God. And when we get too tired, we've been listening to the voice of God. We've been standing and we felt like we've done all that we can do. Well, night number three, we moved on into the book of Corinthians where the Apostle Paul told us in chapter number 10 that when you have, when there becomes more on you than what you are able to bear or you think you can bear, when the temptation gets too much that God has provided for us what Isabella an escape an escape for us that we may be able to bear it so night number one we've got I can't hear you night number two no night number three 
we got to escape. And escape is literally escaping into the presence of the Lord. Or let me go back and say it like this. When Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, the Bible tells us, we read it Wednesday night, all of a sudden the earth did quake and the veil was rent from top to bottom. The veil was what was covering the room of the Holy of Holies. Inside of the Holy of Holies, there was nothing there but the presence of the Lord and the priest walk in to do the sacrifice. What he have on his ankle a ball and chain he had a rope on his ankle what was the purpose of the rope Morgan somebody tell me my goodness this boy has listen listen he's listening if he didn't have everything right They pulled him out as dead. Everything had to be perfect. And the only one spiritually, only one that could walk in there and get everything perfect was Jesus Christ. And he walked in, or let me say it like this, he died on the cross of Calvary. The veil was rent, opening up the Holy of Holies, giving us access to the presence of God. And here's where we wrapped it up, and this is where we stopped it. When I have listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and it's become hard for me to know what direction to go, and I'm standing behind the door, and I'm, I've got my Bible up, and I've, I'm fighting, and I'm standing, and I'm standing, and, and I, I've just come out to the end of my strength. I run to the Holy of Holies. I get in the presence presence of the Lord. I am rested. I am refreshed. We had six different voices that we read off in scripture. I'm rested and I'm refreshed and I'm ready to come right back into the battle all over again. Uh, Young people, I want to tell you in your walk with God, if you will listen, if you will stand behind the shield and you will take advantage of the great escape, yes, you're going to make it. Yes, you're going to make it. Yes, you're going to make it. The world will not be able to stop what God has provided for you. He can't do it. And tonight, I want to go to this. I want to go to you having grace available to you if you need a little help. Reagan, if I ask you to move this altar, can you do it? What if you had four other people? What if you had 10 other people? Probably could do it. Probably not. She's got to shake her head and she, when she talks. See, if she can't do it by herself, but with a little bit of help, we're able to accomplish it. I want to tell you something here tonight. I want to bring up some things. I want to bring up some youth leaders. And I, I want to tell you that in life, There's all kinds of obstacles and there's all kinds of trials. Children's church may not understand as much as teenagers, but teenagers are understanding that there's all kinds of trials. I'm going to be blunt. I know your parents are here, but there's things pulling, desires pulling at your heart that you know that God's not pleased of and your parents are not pleased of either. They're pulling at you. You're dealing with things that probably you keep quiet and nobody knows about it and Partly, probably you're you're embarrassed that you're dealing with it, and the other part is just because uh, you just you think it's foolish. Well, everybody will think it ain't no, it isn't no big deal anyway. So you just keep quiet about it. But I want you to know, if you try to deal with something on your own, whatever it may be, and you keep it quiet and keep it bottled up, you will do, it will absolutely destroy you. 
The Lord Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross of Calvary for you to deal with things that is destructive on your own. He died on the cross of Calvary so that you may be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Not be defeated, but be more than a conqueror through what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross of Calvary. Now, I had a little help from Sister Megan because I've been out of uh, dealing with you for so long, but I uh, help with some things that y'all deal with or you might deal with, and, and, and I want to I bring them up tonight. I need uh, my youth pastors, Brother Jeremy, Sister, Meg, uh, Sister Melissa, Jeff. Yeah, y'all come on. Tristan, y'all come on. How many we got? Sister Jessica? Come on up. I got to have two more. Y'all have to show it yet. Turn it backwards. Turn it backwards. Backwards. Oh, no, I ain't got an extra one. You can just sit up here with us if you want. You want to hold my Bible? <laughs> I want to show you something. You got to get kind of in a straight line right here. I can move this if I need to, but I need you guys kind of in a straight line. Some things that we deal with. Some things that we got to deal with in the church also because, you know, suicide is still the number one death, reason of death for teenagers. Teenagers are trying to deal with things on their own and not knowing the way of the Lord, and it's destroying them, and it will continue to destroy them. I want to bring up a few things. Uh, I need you back in the, in the back. Yours will be last. Tristan, show us what you got. Peer pressure. Peer pressure, easily understood, is by a crowd trying to push you, convince you, persuade you to do something that you know is not right. If it was right, it wouldn't be pressure. You just go with the flow. But I want you to understand, I'm not here to make light of any of these situations, and maybe they're not situations that hit you directly. I'm not here to make light of them because I have things that is more of a weakness to me than what you may have. You may have things that you have that you deal with that is a trouble that troubles you that won't trouble me. You understand what I'm saying? And so I'm not here to make light of these by, by no means at all, but I want you to understand some things. Peer pressure is when the crowd starts to pressure you into doing something that you know you're not supposed to be doing anyway. Mom and dad told you no. You know in your heart. You're old enough to know in your heart that it's wrong. But I want you to understand. You know what the crowd did in the Bible? It was the crowd that cried crucify him. The crowd cried crucify him. Peer pressure is something that teenagers deal with. I dealt with when I was a teen and teens still deal with it. Because you want to be popular and you want to be well-liked. So you think being popular and well-liked is just to go with the flow and go with the crowd when you know that it was wrong. I want you to understand that it's not always easy to do the right thing at first. But it becomes easier and easier and easier. What else do we have? Alcohol. One that we think we probably shouldn't have to deal with the teenagers and young people, but I asked a guy, I asked a boy one time, where'd you get that alcohol? He said, well, it's sitting in my refrigerator. 
And parents don't seem like it's think it's no big deal at all. And then it has access to the teenagers. But you know, understand, alcohol, there's people that try to convince, oh, in moderation, they come up with all kinds of ignorant things. And alcohol still today is destroying families. It's destroying families and destroying lives every single day. A boy, I wish I had the picture and I wouldn't do it without his permission, but a boy that I went to school with. I showed Sister Becky one night, I showed a picture of him, I said, this was him when he was in school, and this is him when he died at age 38, literally drank himself to death, and I showed him the picture, and she said, that needs to be on a poster, Somebody, everybody needs to sit, literally, looked like he'd aged 50, 60 years, just like that, because he'd done nothing but drank himself to death, and everybody looks at it, it's just a good time, we're just having fun, and it's making us feel good, and all of this, and they get up and throw up all morning long, because they're sick as a dog, let me tell you something. The Bible teaches us to abstain from any appearance of evil. And the Bible teaches us so many things. Let me just let me just say this, and I'll be glad to look it up. Do you know there's more scriptures and there's more text in the Bible against alcohol than any other thing? There's more in there against alcohol than any other thing. And we want to whitewash it. Show me something else. Gossip, easy to get caught up in gossip, talking about people. When you talk about people, do you know you're tearing down somebody that God created? We're tearing down somebody that God created, and gossip has never been helpful. Show me something else. Depression. 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 Feelings start to come over you, and you start to feel sad, and you start to feel all alone, and you start to feel like, I'm not as good as somebody else. I can't sing as good as them. I can't play sports as good as them. I'm not as pretty. I'm not as tall. I'm not as good looking. And the devil uses all these things to flood young people so that they, to encapitalize them. And, and they just start feeling like they're lower and lower and lower and lower, which is what the devil wants to do anyway and get you in a place of depression. Let me tell you something. I don't know if you ex- have experienced depression. I'm sure some of you have. But there's a reason why doctors prescribe medicine because people have learned you cannot overcome depression by yourself. Show me something else. We have tobacco. Tobacco. That was one of mine. Doesn't take a very big genius to continue to partake of something when they put right on the label that it'll probably cause cancer. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And you're supposed to glorify God in your body, not tear down your body. Show me something else. Drugs, which is rampant in our kids now. Rampant in our teenagers' drugs, it's available to them everywhere. Still destroying lives, still continuing to destroy. There's people in here more qualified to talk about drugs than what I am, but this is, a, this is an obstacle that teenagers, that kids are dealing with today, and sometimes they get it at home, and sometimes it's handed to them at, at school or wherever, but it's still something that has been made available to our young people today. Lust of the flesh. Boy, she looks good. Man, he looks good. And we start to have curiosities and thoughts and, and questions that are taking us in the wrong direction. Is this okay, parents? That start taking us in the wrong direction. And then we get off with our boyfriend and our girlfriend. Are you sure it's Okay. Okay, I'm not getting a very good response out of that. 
Oh, well, they stoned Stephen in the Bible. I guess tonight I'll throw them back. But you get off by yourself and you think it's not harmless, and then just a little touch goes to something else. A kiss on the cheek goes to something else. And before long, we're doing things we shouldn't be doing. And we went further than what we went should have went. Come on, somebody help me. I'm already out on a limb. And so, look, if you're, I'm just going to be blunt and say this. If you're with a boy or a girl and you start to have deep, deep feelings inside of you that you shouldn't be having, then you're too close. And you need to back up. Give me something else. Social media. I, I could be here all night long talking about social media. Talk about bullying on social media. They talk about all kinds of stuff on social media. Social media starts to compare one another. It's just not been good as a whole and especially not good for our young people. I'm, going, I'm just going to be plain and say this, but anytime you hand your kids something that they carry around with them all the time and you've got to keep a, a monitor and filters and everything else on it, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? When we, when we put something in their hand and they have access to everything that the world has to offer, but we got to filter and we got to monitor and we got to check and we got to look and we got to inspect. And I don't know if parents realize it or not, but what they are doing also is causing a little problem between them and their child because, well, mom don't trust me, dad don't trust me, they're doing this. And let me just be honest with you, uh, they, they don't need to trust you because at the age that you're at, we're still learning right from wrong in all of these things but why put that issue there why put that issue there moms and dads I know I grew up without a cell phone yeah I'm that old I remember when they come out with a bag phone a bag phone they're thinking man he's really old they come out with a bag phone and man that was the that was the coolest thing you had a phone you were you were uptown so I grew up without a phone but guess what myself and my mom and dad, we had enough things we had to work out without a phone. And then I want to go to this. I want Brother Will to step up, and I want to show you this. A stronghold, and I put a question mark. Because here I want, I want you to know. Every single one of y'all are created differently. You've got things that you'll deal with that your neighbor's not going to deal with. And your neighbor's got things that's a problem to her or to him that's not a problem to you. And what it is is something that we try to sweep under the rug. We try to hide it from mom and dad. Or we try to, oh, it's getting good now because they're all getting quiet. They're, they're thinking, shut up. We try to avoid it. We try to push it back. We try to live around it. We try to just cope. But we allow it to exist because it is such a desire in our heart. It's probably something that, God, I'll change everything else. Just don't, just don't make me give this up. I'll let everything else go, but not this one thing. Just let me be this. I'll go to church. I'll serve you. I'll worship. I'll be in the altar. I'll do all of that. Just, just don't take this. Whatever this is, it's a question mark because everybody's could be a little bit different, but it becomes a stronghold. 
But what I want you to understand tonight about all of these things, we could have kept going. I could have lined up every one of these adults tonight and give them a paper or have something wrote on it, and we could keep going. We could just keep going. Because life is full of problems, and life is full of obstacles, and it's full of trials. But I want you to know tonight, as a born-again believer, there are many born-again believers that are faced with situations like this that are doing all that they can. Now, let me move you. Doing all that they can to try to overcome this by themselves, just to get it out of the way, to get rid of it, whatever it takes for it just to be gone. And here's what I want you to know as a believer. There's times when you listen to the voice of God. There's times when you will stand strong, times that you will escape. But if you run right back as a believer and you try to overcome these things by yourself, you're going to be wrestling with it all of your life. You come up against a, a stronghold and try to move this thing and try to do whatever I can to get it out of the way. Look, it's not moving. Here's the reason I picked him to be the stronghold. It's not moving. But what I want to leave you with this evening is this. When you have done all you can do, when you are standing and you're listening to the voice of God and you have escaped, listen to what I'm about to tell you. Go back and check your faith to make sure that your faith is in Jesus and what He did on the cross of Calvary. I have heard over and over, especially lately, well, why the cross? Why are you mixing the cross? Well, good. I'm glad you asked tonight because I just love to explain it. First of all, it's this. Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Nobody else could do what He did. Nobody else walked a perfect life. Nobody else was sent from God. So it takes Jesus as the Son of God. Why the cross? Do you know that if He wouldn't have went to the cross of Calvary, None of these things would have been defeated. None of these things would have been defeated. But the moment that he went to the cross of Calvary and he shed his blood on the cross, the veil was rent. The Holy of Holies was opened up. The earth did quake. He said, it is finished because one drop of blood, it defeated anything and everything that you will ever face in your life. Everything that you'll ever face. And now, if I want to be an overcomer and I want to be able to continue through life and see victory after victory after victory after victory, I can't do that on my own. There is grace to help me though. And grace is the divine influence of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it is help of the Holy Spirit. And long as I keep my faith in Jesus and what he did for me on the cross of Calvary, listen, there is help for me. When I come up with something and I'm doing all I can, step up, and I'm doing all I can to move this and I'm fighting with it and peer pressure and they're making fun of me and they're pointing fingers and, and everything else and calling me a holy roller and better than us and, and all of this and I've done all I can to defeat it. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. When you are the one that is being called a holy roller and, and everybody's saying that you're better than them, that's not a good feeling. You feel pretty low. And you think the quickest way to be a part is just to give in and really be a part. But here's what I want you to know. It's because you have a desire to be a part of something that you know you don't need to be a part of. 
And what I want you to understand is, when I'm wrestling with this because I really don't want it to bother me anymore, and I'm fighting with it because I don't want it to bother me, and I've got tired from fighting, watch this. The moment that I place my faith in Jesus and what he did for me on the cross of Calvary, all of a sudden, I got some help of the Holy Spirit that comes over here to help me move this thing out of the way. I can wrestle, I can fight, I can push and do everything on my own, but as long as the moment that I look to the cross of Calvary, I've got the help of the Holy Spirit that comes and moves that thing out of my way. Uh, kids, I come to tell you, there's grace to help. There's grace to help. There's grace to help you in your time of need. Even if it's a stronghold. Even if it's a stronghold. Whatever you're dealing with and whatever you're fighting with. I want you to know there are strongholds around. When I got saved, even when I come on to the message of the cross, there were some things that fell off just like this. There were some things that changed just like this. And then all of a sudden, there was a part of Steve that I wasn't ready to give up, and it was a stronghold, and I was here, and I was faith. I'd look to the cross every once in a while, but I would come right back and, and not allow God to change it. I'd look to the cross. I know that's victory, and then I would come right back. But what I want you to understand is even the very thing that is at the core of you that is you, you've tried to live with, and you've tried to move around, and you've tried to cope with, if you will place your faith and Jesus and what he did for you on the cross of Calvary. The power of the Holy Spirit will come to help you to, that, to, to have another victory in your life. Uh, oh, I can't say it enough. There is grace to help you in your time of need. I listen. I stand. I escape. And when I've done everything I know to do, I examine my faith. Is my faith in Jesus and what he did for me on the cross of Calvary. It was there that my victory was won. I placed my faith in Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary. The Holy Spirit, he can stand, just stay right there. He can do little to nothing. If my faith, look, I don't need to rattle because I need to quit. So many believers, even in this church that knows the message of the cross because I'm one of them. Even though I knew the message of the cross... The message of the cross, I know the way of victory, come up to an obstacle and think I'm going to blow right by it. And all of a sudden, I think, what happened? I just got my tail kicked. I know the message. I know the answer. Come up to it and try to buck up against it. And all of a sudden, I'm not winning. I don't find victory. I still got a problem with attitude. I still got a problem with temper. I still got this issue and that issue. And I back up and think, Lord, what's wrong? And I examine my faith as Paul told us to do. And look, is my faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary. And when I reposition that faith and I begin to look to Jesus, there's a reason that I put the cross behind all of these this tonight. The reason is, is because what Jesus done on the cross of Calvary, that was a past work that is good for a present victory. In other words, let me say it like this. Your victory is already there. He's already defeated peer pressure, alcohol, gossip, depression, tobacco, your stronghold, drugs, lust of the flesh, and social media. He has already defeated anything and everything you'll ever face. And if you will place your faith in Jesus... And what he did for you on the cross of Calvary. You have the help 
of the Holy Spirit to help you to continue to have victory in your life. Would you bring up real quickly 1 Corinthians 2 and 5. I examine my faith. Look at this. I'm about to hush. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Your faith has to stand in the power of God. Faith is trust. What are you trusting in? If you've got a problem, if you've got a problem with a stronghold deep down in your heart, are you going to trust in a, in a friend to help you overcome that? When he can't, you've got to trust in something greater. Jesus went on the cross of Calvary. Every one of these is a product of sin. Every one of them is a product of sin. The only thing greater than what you will face here is what Jesus done for you on the cross of Calvary. If you're going to overcome something that is a stronghold that is powerful to you, the only way you can do that is to go to something greater. The only something greater is Jesus and what he did for you on the cross of Calvary. And when you believe, look, I'm not going to tell you, you need to pray. You need to read your Bible. You need to be faithful to the house of God. But I'm not going to put you under law and say, read more and do more in your effort and all of this. No, it's about what you believe. The Holy Spirit didn't get involved because I tried to do something. He got involved because I placed my faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary. Listen, you've got help. You've got help. You have help. And he was comes because of your faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary in 1 and 18. And I'll hush. For the preaching of the cross to them who perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. It's the power of God. I have one thing to offer you in the world that we live today. But the one thing I have to offer you is all that you will ever need. I just come to ask you, young people. We ask our adults all the time. I came to ask you, what are you trusting in? Where's your faith? What are you counting on? Because if it's not in Jesus and what he did on the cross, you don't have the help of the Holy Spirit. He only helps because of our faith in Christ, centered upon Christ and what he accomplished for us on the cross of Calvary. And if my faith is in what he has already done, every single one of these things will have to crumble because of what he done for me at Calvary. We join up with the kingdom of God. You listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You stand behind the shield of faith, which is the door. Take advantage of the escape, the presence of God. And let him rest and refresh you. And you examine your faith to make sure your faith is in Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary. Because Satan will do everything he can to get you to trust in your own self or some other, whatever it may be. He don't care what it is as long as it ain't Christ. He'll do everything he can to move your faith. But as long as you keep your faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary, we've got help. We've got help. Would you stand with me tonight? Thank you. I want you to bow your head. Close your eyes with me, please. Father, I love you tonight. I thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and your love.
Thank you, God, for help tonight, God, for the grace that you have made available to us because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross of Calvary. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that these young people, whichever direction that they go in life, that they will remember, they will listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, that they will stand firm in the things of God. They will take advantage of the escape into the presence of God, and they will examine their faith. That God, there's no reason why they can't have, they can experience victory over and over and over in their life. I'm asking tonight in the name of Jesus that the power of the Holy Spirit would move and God implant that in their heart tonight, Lord. God, that they would remember and not forget that you've already conquered, you've already accomplished everything that needs to be accomplished. And I ask it in Jesus' name. With your head still bowed, Brother Jeff coming. Here's what I want to do tonight. Before we go any further, we've got a few other things planned, but before we go any further, I want to ask our young people if they would to come. You're already up here. Take a step, two steps forward. Get out from your seat and join me across the front here. If you feel comfortable. I'm not trying to pressure you, but if you feel comfortable. And I want to tell you, we live in a big world, a world full of all kinds of opportunities, most of them wrong. The devil has put a big target on your back, He's put a big target on your back. He knows what it takes to trip you up, to trip me up. He's going to do anything and everything he can to steal your soul, to defeat you, because he doesn't like you. In fact... Not just dislike, he hates you. You're created in the image of God. He's got nothing for you. His plan is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And if we don't listen and stand, take advantage of the escape and check our faith, he will succeed in what he's doing. So tonight, we spent time at youth camp praying. Each and every night, implanting this in our heart. But tonight, I want to pray. That your faith doesn't fail. That you are right with the Lord and that your faith is right in Jesus. Young people, I want you to bow your head with me real quickly. Your head bowed and your eyes closed and I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about, because even children's church age, you can understand this. This is what you're taught. Where is your faith? Is it in Jesus and what he did for you on the cross of Calvary? Is it in your own self? Is it in something else? Or do you trust in the Lord? Do you trust in Christ? And with that on your mind, I'm going to ask our parents, our adults to come and gather with your family, gather with your children. We're just going to ask the Lord to touch them tonight to strengthen our faith as they examine their faith. We want you to come.
Church family, you're welcome to gather around. We're just going to spend a time in prayer, praying for our young people. Young people, listen to me, and then we're going to pray. I want you to look at me, and I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. There's a man given to us in the Scripture, in the New Testament, and all four Gospels. This man's name was Peter. Peter was one of the 12 disciples chosen by the Lord. In fact, his very name meant the rock. He was considered the leader. He was considered the leader, the one they looked at him. Oh, rock solid Peter. They come to arrest Christ. Come to the garden. Jesus said, I'm about to be offered up. It's time tomorrow. Is when they're going to crucify me. Oh, rock solid Peter, he says, uh-uh, not as long as I'm here. I'll die first if they want to arrest you. He said, you got no idea what you're talking about. Nah, they won't get you with me here. Jesus looked at him and he said, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me three times. Never, I'll die first. The Bible tells us that the rooster crowed three times. Peter denied Jesus three times. I don't know him. I don't know that man. Young servant girl comes up. Wouldn't you want to love? No, I don't even know him. In fact, on the third time he got so mad, Peter started cursing at him. He ran, he was cursing at him. Calling him all kinds of things. I don't even know him. And Jesus when the rooster crowed the third time, Peter broke because he knew the words of Christ came to pass. Now listen to what I'm about to say. He was crucified. He was buried. The third day he was raised back up. Jesus went back into the city. He meets with Mary and Martha. He says, go get the disciples. Get old Peter. The disciples and Peter. Now, why did he say and Peter? Because Peter had come to the place where he didn't even feel worthy to go to the Lord. I don't even feel worthy. I'm not even considering myself a disciple any longer. I'm not even going to go with them. Get the disciples and Peter. And he came to him. And Jesus pulls Peter up and he has the conversation. He says, do you love me? Oh, I love you, Lord. Well, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Well, you know I love you, Lord. Well, then feed my sheep. Hey, Peter, I got a question. Do you love me? You know I love you. Well, then feed my sheep. And then he tells Peter this. Peter, I've prayed for you. Listen, this is why I'm more fixing to pray. I prayed for you, Peter. I prayed that your faith will not fail because your faith was weak when I was here and you failed when I was here and I'm about to ascend back to my Father and I'm praying that your faith does not fail. Young person, look at me. We're about to pray that your faith does not fail because as long as you believe, I don't know what you'll face. I don't know what you'll go through. But if your faith is in Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary, you're going to make it by the grace of God.
with the help of the Holy Spirit, you are going to make it. So we're going to pray that your faith does not fail in life, that you keep looking to Jesus. Parents, adults, youth leaders, would you help me tonight? I want you to bow your head. I want you to pray for these young people that their faith does not fail. Please sing whatever you feel tonight. Brother Jeff, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. God, this is our army, Lord. This is our young people, Lord. God, I don't know what they're going to face in life. I don't know what they're going to go through, Lord. But what I do know, God, is that what you provided, God, is a sufficient enough, God, to give them strength to help them to make it through the storm, Lord. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would move God upon their heart and upon their life, God. I don't know what they're going to face tomorrow. I don't know what kind of fear pressure, what kind of depression, Lord. I know that grace is sufficient, Lord. I'm praying, God, that their faith does not fail. I'm praying, God, that they would continue to look to you, God, in all things, Lord. God, that their faith would continue to be strong in you, Lord. I pray, God, that their faith does not fail. God, don't let his faith fail, God. Don't let his faith fail, but to stay rooted and grounded in you, Lord. Hold on, I'm not coming tomorrow. I'm not seeing a problem It won't carry you through So just call on the master And watch what he'll do for you Cause I'm not seeing a mountain my God cannot move If you've got a problem It's too big to solve Well, stop looking to man Well, start looking to God Oh, cause I know for certain There's not a thing that you can do Oh, but there's not one mountain My God cannot move Come on, sing it with him if no, you know I've not seen a mountain and God cannot move. Oh, I've not seen a problem. He won't carry you through. So just call on the master. Oh, and watch what he'll do for you. Cause I've not seen a problem Then my God cannot move Come on, this is a newer, newer course, but you all know it. But I want him to sing that before we change the order of the service. I just want you to stay up here and worship for just a moment as he sings this and leads us in worship. How many knows Jesus is a way maker? Amen. He's a way maker. Through every obstacle and everything we face, he is a way maker tonight. Come on, sing it with him if you know it. 
You are we make miracle work promise keep light in the darkness my God that is who you are and you are the way make miracle work promise keep light in the darkness my God that is who you are you are here Touching every heart, oh, I worship you. Come on, young people, lift your hands and worship, worship him just a moment. You. He's worthy. Oh, Hallelujah. You are here. He's here. Turning lives around. Hallelujah. I worship we worship you, Lord. You. Oh, I, I worship you. Hallelujah. Oh, and you are we make. Miracle work, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, He's my God. Hallelujah. Oh, and you are the make Miracle work, promise keep, light in the darkness. My God, that is who You are. Come on, worship just a moment. Even when I can see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. He'll never stop. You never stop. You never stop working. Hallelujah. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Hallelujah. Come on. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Hallelujah. You never stop. You never, never stop. stop. You are the way make miracle, miracle work. Promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Who and you are. We make miracle worker promise keep light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Amen and amen. Father, we thank you tonight, God, for these young people and their families that's here that's joined them, God. We thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and for your love to us, God. We're thankful for help, God, from the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray tonight in the name of Jesus, God, that these young people here tonight, that their faith would not fail, but that it would stand strong in Christ and what He's already done for them on the cross of Calvary. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would move upon their family, their mom and their dad, Lord, help them to train them in the way that they should go, Lord. And I pray their home is a home that loves you and that fears you and that serves you with all of their heart, Lord. And we thank you for it, and we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. If you were blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.